The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. To Reality, a pop culture, current affairs, and LGBT news-oriented panel discussion series that's dedicated to you. Here are your hosts, Dominion Onyx, Carl Anthony, John Sebastian, and Legionnaire. Good evening and welcome to Reality, exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Thursday. April 14th, 2016, and it's time for another heaping helping of pop culture on demand from your favorite radio station and mine, poppychuloradio.com. All right, all right, all right. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? I am am wonderful. I am wonderful. Good. I am full. I I (laughs) just stopped by uh, Wawa on the way home and got me... Got me a 10-inch roast turkey on wheat with extra mayonnaise, lettuce, tomato, cheese, pickles, yellow peppers, and pepperoni. And you know what? Mm. I regret nothing. So you went out and got you 10 inches of brownness. I I just swallowed 10 inches of meat. Yes! Don't forget the cheese, baby. (laughs) And cheese. Ten inches of meat, cheese, and sauce. Was it uncut? It was uncut. Oh. Actually, it was was cut right down the middle. Oh, that could be painful. But, yeah. (laughs) And I opened my mouth wide and swallowed it. Like Mm. a Mm -hmm. a fucking going for dinner. Exactly. Yes. My jaw almost unhinged. (laughs) And Utz makes these wavy, hell of a good French onion dip potato chips. Yes, they do. Mm. Oh, you know what else I had? I had the, uh, you know, Wawa teas are are everything. I had the the diet lemonade iced tea. Oh, it's actually the diet um, half and half lemonade Mm. iced tea. That oh. shit, it gives you it gives you everything. Now, now you know who. But actually, now just so when it comes to tea, I have found that Turkey Hill has better tea. The diet one. Yes. Oh, okay. Give it I a try. Give that a give that a go. Yeah, their 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 um, lemonade tea is the bomb dot com. all right. The, the bomb dot com. on the list. Oh, so um, I do want to thank you, John Sebastian, uh, for your uh, for your recommendation. You know, uh, last week I went to uh, last weekend. I went to went up to the mountains for some, you know, for, you know, a little to a little cabin in the woods. And on the way, we stopped at a winery and uh, this particular winery called Chrysalis. was really good. I had some really good wines, and you know, we went to the cabin. Now, let's just be clear; it's not really a cabin. 
Mm -hmm. It's cabin. It's a cabin in the, you know, people who live in D.C. want to get out in the woods kind of cabin. So it wasn't really a cabin. It was really a small house, you know, with laminate with laminate floors, central heat and air, you know, a, a full kitchen, a fireplace and a hot tub. So you went to a hotel room in the woods. I went to, yes, I went to a suite in the woods. And I will tell you, <laughs> you know, they tell you that you can see so many stars at night. I actually saw more stars while I was there than I would see on a cruise. And here's why. Because you, when you're outside at night in a, on a cruise ship, you're either going from one place to another, um, or even if you've got a balcony cabin, you're still you're still not outside long enough for your eyes to fully adjust. You need full darkness around you in order to see all of the stars. Because when you first go out, you do see that, yes, there's a whole lot more stars than you normally see uh, in the city. But if you, like we were out uh, in, in the hot tub and we turned off all the lights on the hot tub, the house light and everything. So we were in total darkness. And in, in about 20 minutes, all of these other stars that you couldn't see because your eyes hadn't adjusted came out. So it was like there was not a single square inch of sky that was filled that wasn't filled with stars. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Plus, we did some real nasty shit out in the woods too. So I get that view every night. You what? I get that view every night. As you know, I do live out in the country. Ugh. Well, no, you live in the far suburbs. <laughs> oh, oh, now it's the far suburbs. Okay. <laughs> it's, no, the far suburbs are way the fuck out. Let's just be clear. But it's still the far suburbs. We are, but we, you know, actually on this side of the highway, we are considered suburbs. If I lived across the highway, it, we really would be considered in the mountains. Oh, okay. So, but um, it was it was so nice and so beautiful and so quiet and, you know, it was exactly what I need, and I I, I want to bring some of my Onyx brothers to do it. Uh, Legionnaire, I was thinking um, you and your husband and a few friends, you know, because you know it has to be a select group because it's got to mm-hmm. be bitches that you could actually tolerate, right? You know, being alone in the woods for three or four days because it's one of those places where. If you don't like the people that you are with and just have a good fun having a good kiki or yeah. whatever, it really is quite boring. Either that or you're ready to stab a bitch in the forehead with a rusty <laughs> butter knife. <laughs> right. Because, you well, know, there's a couple of people in our organization right now. They were like, I want to go. I'm like, mm, girl, there's no room. Mm, sorry. No room. You can't do it. Well. If you decide, now listen, so watch this. If you all decide that you want to do a weekend of wine touring, let mm-hmm. me know. I will be more than happy to set that up for you because A, I used to work in the wine industry, and B, I kind of know where you can go and have a good time and not worry about food. Oh. Oh, okay. So, you know, we'll, we'll put it on the list for the fall because uh, when the, I can only imagine how beautiful it is when the leaves change. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! So okay, so what what hubby and I do every fall around his birthday is we take one. His birthday is on Veterans Day, so mm-hmm. we take the fr- we take off the Friday before Veterans Day, 
and we go to our favorite winery, which does not do groups, which is really, and if you're not a member, you can't use the deck. So it's this re it's really exclusive. But on the drive out, the leaves, especially between October 15th and November 15th, are mm -hmm. absolutely stunning. And I post, I've, I've shown you the pictures, Dominion, uh, um, of, of what it looks like from the deck. Mm -hmm. And the best I always post the the, the, the cheese and sausage pictures. Mm -hmm. That that play, it, oh my gosh, it is oh to die for. Mm -hmm. so, that. I'll put that on the list. And Legionnaire, it's the perfect place to bring a sub or a boy because no one can hear them scream. Ooh. Now, okay. Now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I will say so. You know, one of the you, you know we're family. We share. This is what we do. Yes. Uh, the boy one of, one of one of the subs tasks was to wake me up every morning with his mouth. Ooh. Yes. Mm. So uh, we were supposed to get up at eight o'clock because we had winery tours to do. We had movies to go to, and you know we had a whole day of shit to do. So I hear him get up at seven. And I was like, that's awfully early. He don't need to get up this early. But he went to the bathroom and went back to bed. And so, but mm -hmm. now I'm up. Mm -hmm. And uh I just I just was lying in bed and then I look I looked at my, my phone finally and it was like 8:20. So I let another minute go by and then I tapped him. And so he immediately goes to work. And I was like, <laughs> but now I'm pissed. Not pissed, pissed. But you know, pissed in a this is the game that we're playing, so I gotta pretend to be pissed kind of way. Mm -hmm. So uh, I set my clock, uh, my stopwatch for two minutes. And I was like, all right, if he uh, brings me to a satisfactory conclusion within the next two minutes, then everything will be fine. If not, there's, pro there's trouble. Mm -hmm. The alarm expired. So he was made to assume the position in the living room in front of the St. Andrew's Cross. And... Uh, I uh, proceeded to make him learn the error of his ways. Um, and then after doing that for about maybe 15 or 20 minutes, uh, you know, because I, I bought a whole collection of paddles. Mm. By that time, it was now 8.55. So we were officially 55 minutes late. And it was then that I said, because we are now 55 minutes late, you get one strike for every minute that we're late. So by the end of the end of that, he was in tears, which is fine because that was something that he wanted. Mm. You know, he wanted to be, you know, taken to the point of tears. But it was kind of hard for me too because I'm usually not into that level of um, submission, and mm. you know, I just want everybody to feel good and you know make their booty holes tingle. I'm usually not into <laughs> the level of a level of of, of uh, paddling that would bring about tears and like real tears like he was clearly crying and and shaking afterwards but we weren't done mm. so then while he is still down there crying i um brought myself to conclusion right and 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 uh the results of my conclusion landed on the floor right by him and I said uh 
this was supposed to go down your throat. And I made him look at it. And then I said, and it still will. And I walked away. Ah. I came two minutes later and the floor was clean. I mean, I was right by, so I saw him lick it up, but it's kind of hot overall. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I was too, because again, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, people tend to think that if you're a dominant, that you sort of know everything or whatever, but the submissive, I mean, because he could have gotten up at any moment and be like, you know what, fuck this shit. Right. And what was I going to do? He's big. He's actually, you know, this particular sub is like three inches taller than me. And although I outweigh him, he is much more muscular than me. Mm. So if he really decided that he wasn't about this game no more, then the game would have ended. Right. So, you know, but and that was not a level that I had actually gone to before with anyone. So it was very exciting for me to actually do something that I had not done before. You know that ain't... Hmm. Say that again. Nothing, darling. I knew I knew you was gonna say something nasty out your pie hole. <laughs> well, you, said, you know something you had, and I said, "Well, that ain't much." Oh. <laughs> yeah, we do. So, did you all do anything exciting this weekend? Oh, let's see. Um, no, I wish I could say I did, but I did not. I, we did. Um, I did attend a. Um, a fundraiser uh, for something called Cupcake Wars, which was fun, oh. and um, our our club founder participated, and he made a uh, oh he made a scrumptious chocolate raspberry upside down cupcake uh, that was whew, a great many things, but alas, he placed in third. But hey, it was still very good, and we raised money for the children, so that was a good. Oh, thing. good. So do, 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 does everyone make like several dozen cupcakes and then they submit one or how does that work? Well, usually, um, you know, a person will enter sponsored by whatever organization they're in and then they'll make um, they'll, they'll probably make like maybe a dozen or two dozen cupcakes and then they'll cut them up, um, you know, for sampling purposes. Then people who are attending the event, they'll buy a card that'll have the numbers of all the contestants and then, you know, you can check off the three that you like the most and you will rank those three from one to three and so you know when when you sample the first one then they'll mark that yes they did try this cupcake and you try it and you can even make comments about it if you want well oh well this one tasted like crap so you know that you know that's not one that you want to consider and that kind of thing oh okay that sounds like fun the shade was that this girl she won the girl who won uh, basically that shit that she had was basically a corn muffin with some damn cheese on it but you know I'm going to try not to be bitter <laughs> under, under, under the guise that she provided a savory cupcake bitch that was a corn muffin that's, with some a, damn, that was a, that's a corn muffin with some damn cheese girl don't do it <laughs> a savory cupcake but which could be cute which could be cute but but it was for the children, so I just kept it moving. Right. This wasn't an Oscar. Right. <laughs> but all so. in all, it was it was a fun event. It was a lot of fun. Oh, good. John Sebastian, you do anything fun? Actually, I did not. Um, I did what I Saturday. 
just kind of hung out, you know, and hung out with hubby. And Sunday I went to work and came home and passed out like I normally do. Uh, you know, I work on Sunday, so I'm just like, after working, like, you know what? I just want to go to bed. Screw this. Um, but, um, yeah, but it's just, you know, preparing for a business trip coming up. But other than that, I, I hung out at home. And it was good. Oh, wait, no, I told a lie. Just told, I'm sorry. I went to a 50th birthday party Saturday night. It was obviously boring. Um, and it was at a dance <laughs> I forgot all about that. And they were doing classical, you know, they were, they were dancing and, and, you know, doing ballroom dancing. And I sat, Bob, uh, Hubby and I sat on the sidelines and ate meatballs and drank bad wine. So I really didn't do anything. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that still sounds like a little bit of fun, you know, because mm-hmm. even bad wine is, even bad wine is free wine. This is yeah. true. That is true. So, but you know, is- free is always the best seasoning. <laughs> Free is good. Free is good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have one more thing. Uh, yes. Legionnaire, I saw yes. Hardcore Henry. Did you? How was it? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the that premise movie, itself just looks like, oh, my God. It was so good. Um, Yeah, it was so good. You know, and so refreshing. And I'm sure it is going to make maybe not like Batman versus Superman or, um, you know, Marvel movie kind of money. But mm-hmm. given how much it probably costs to make it, because it's, you know, all like all of that, most of the actors are unknown, well, unknown at least in this country. So I can't imagine mm-hmm. that it costs a ton to make. You're going to see a lot more of these first-person point-of-view kind of movies. Cool, yeah. Because when I, all of the previews and early stuff that I saw about it was, it it was it looked it looked like it was gonna it would be an amazing cinematic experience. So I will definitely look forward to checking it out. Yeah, uh, John Sebastian. Uh, so the movie is. Um, told from the perspective from the first person perspective so it's like all of those first person shooter video games uh-huh so it's not until almost the very end that you even see what this guy looks like i mean you see it's like you you mean you you can see what your arms and you know maybe your chest down looks like but you know you don't Unless you're looking in a mirror, which this character happens to do at one point in the movie, you never see him. So uh-huh. it's it's uh, and he's like this um, hired assassin, and oh, it's incredible. So yeah, check it out. But I will tell you, it is literally the most violent thing I have ever seen. The body count in that movie had to be well above a thousand. Wow. So, and it was tons of blood and gore. I mean, a lot of the blood was, you know, it looked, it was clearly digital because I just can't imagine that their their budget for blood packs was that high. (laughs) But uh, it was a really good movie. Well, just so you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) excuse me, um, their numbers for the week were as follows. For the opening weekend, they made $5.1 million. um, And as of April the 12th, they grossed about six, about six million dollars so for a russian movie released in the u.s that's not too bad Mm. 
Okay. <laughs> oh, well, according to the Hollywood Reporter or Inverse.com, it, it's considered a flop. Mm. Really? Well, that must be. I like it. I don't give a fuck. I'm telling <laughs> you, the movie was incredible in its um, concept. So, was it the best movie ever made? No, but. You know, in terms of the concept being innovative, I think um, I it's, it says it says, but without a story or characters worth caring about, its first-person gimmick quickly loses its thrill. So yeah, I mean, I can I can see all of that, but you know, critics' jobs are to be critical. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I don't know that I necessarily... And then, even in this day and age where everyone fucking thinks they're a critic, they can't... It's sort of a bandwagon thing. Even if you think a movie is okay, if everyone else in your peer group is like, this movie is terrible, you don't want to be the only idiot who thought it was good. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right. Or conversely, if everybody in the group says it's good, you don't want to be the only idiot that says it's horrible. Right. Right. Which I do on normal basis means. Um, so <laughs> I still think the movie The Last Dragon is one of the worst movies ever made. What I said it again? The movie The Last Dragon. Oh yes. Oh well, yeah, that was terrible, but you know, Soul Plane yeah. falls into that as well. Yeah. But you know what though, even though Soul Plane was bad Soul and Soul Plane was bad. It's mm. so bad that I actually enjoy it. There's a memory associated with it that I, you know, I really wish um, the person that I saw it with. I wish they were still on this side of the dirt. Um, you was fucking in the you was fucking in the movie theater. No, <laughs> not quite. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, a little bit. Right. Right, come, come on, girl. That's just come on. What else you gonna do in the movie theater that's memorable? Did you stab a bitch in the movie theater? No, no the thing is, the person I went with died like a year later. Oh. So, you know, so it's one of the it's one of the last memories I have with them. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, we we did a little something something in the theater, but mm-hmm. not much. And it was the theater Legionnaire up mm-hmm. on. Fullerton and the Kennedy. You said what now? I'm sorry. I, I didn't catch what you said. It's the theater that's at the court, like where the Ken- the Kennedy at Fullerton. Um, there's a mall oh, over there. Oh yeah. Um, the, the um, the City North 14. City North 14. Yeah. <clears throat> that's where we went. Oh my God. But yeah, I will never forget. I will never forget him as long as I live to take. For making me sit through that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh, my goodness. Well, all right, kids. I think we've got a lot to talk about. We've had a lovely pre-conversation, so we need to get into it because we have a lot to cover. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about a lot of black stuff. Mm. We always do. Well, even for this show, we're going to talk about a lot of black stuff. And tonight... It's a master queer double feature. Oh, look at that. <laughs> ah, Featuring yeah. the return of Azalea Banks. <laughs> back. 
<laughs> She's back. Yes. So I, I y'all, y'all ready to get into it? Let's do it. Absolutely. All right. So first up, it's the round table. All right. So who, who we want to talk about first? All right. Let's get Rachel Dolezal out the way first. All right. So she was on today on the Today Show two days ago talking about race didn't create racism, but racism created race. Whatever the fuck that means. So, of course, this chick has a book. So, uh, her new book is all about her life and her racial identity. And she says, quote, race is such a contentious issue because of the painful history of racism. Race didn't create racism, but racism created race. Okay, and then she says something about we all have human origins in the comfort in the continent of Africa, blah blah blah, yada yada yada. What what y'all think? <sighs> I, I I don't care what she has to say. I, I just I just don't. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm glad and I'm glad she doesn't give two shits about what I would think of her because I don't give two shits about what she has to say. I don't think she I personally don't think she has anything relevant to say about race at this particular point in time. Um, what do I think? I think that, well, she's still got more black credibility than Stacey Dash. Well, so, well there is that. <laughs> so, there, there, is, there is that. Th- that gives... But the rest of it, <clears throat> no, nah, she'd have lost me. She'd have lost me. She lost me because I'm like, there. I hate these people that have these major or minor scandals and then feel like they want need to write a book because some because they think people still care. Right. I mean, what? I don't care. I mean, she's writing about racial identity as a person who pretended to be black, but the book is not about i mean i have not read the book and i probably won't but i'm going to go out on a limb and say this book is not going to explain um what in her life led her to a point where she needed to pretend to be black right exactly and still claim it and still claim it so I mean, and if you if you're not going to tell that story, then I don't think you're even qualified to tell this to tell this because you've not proven that you have any bona fides. She's no Tim Wise, who's mm. who was a white who's a white guy who has spent his life and his scholarship on this subject. And, you know, you could say even as a white person, he he knows more about being black than I do. Mm. Yeah, he got black. You know, man. but you know, Rachel Dolezal is not Tim White. Tim Wise. Tim Wise, yes. So, anyway, girl, bye. Mm-hmm. What else can we talk about? All right, Bill <laughs> O'Reilly to Donald Trump. How will you get blacks jobs when they're ill-educated with tattoos on their foreheads? So, all right, so I got I, I got, got you, got to read this. All right, so Bill O'Reilly was talking to Donald Trump um, on his claim that he would bring jobs to African-American communities. Quote, and this is Bill Watt, Bill O'Reilly. How are you going to get jobs for them? Many of them are ill-educated and have tattoos on their foreheads, and I hate to be generalized about it, but it's true. If you look 
at all the educational statistics, how are you going to give people give jobs to people who aren't qualified for jobs? And to, to which Donald Trump responded, we're going to bring jobs back. We're going to have Apple computers made in this country, to which O'Reilly shot back. But you have to have skills to make Apple computers, to which Trump, Trump concluded, we will get the skills and we will develop the skills. We have an incredible population and they don't have the jobs. That's a lot to unpack because I agree. I agree. That, oh God, this is what I fucking hate. Yes. Is that I'm now forced on even some level to agree with Bill Riley, not about black people in general, but about yeah, you keep saying, you know, people always, we need to bring jobs back to America, but that manufacturing base, not just Apple computers, but people talk about, you know, the fact that there's no, no flat top, no flat screen TVs made in America or no this mm -hmm. or no that, that manufacturing base does not exist here. You can't just start saying Apple just can't be like, okay, we're going to build this facility in Detroit or wherever and there's not people, even if they could pay the wages, there's people who simply do not have the skill sets mm -hmm. to do these jobs. Right. So what are we going I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, so, so you know, people are talking about this endpoint solution, but no one's talking about all of the interim steps that you need to get there. Exactly. Okay, I, so... I, I, Go ahead, Legionnaire. No, I was going to say, because I, I actually had the discussion with with the uh, with the friend of mine that, you know, that, you know, of course, naturally, the, the knee jerk reaction is to be outraged at what Bill O'Reilly said about, you know, blacks being ill educated with tattoos on their foreheads, at which point I did have to circle back like you and say, well, setting that aside because yes that was an outrageous thing for him to say but there is a point to be made you can't just say we're gonna bring jobs back you know and, and yes we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get people employed what we want to know is how do you plan to do that right and you have to have a better answer than we will get the skills well what does that mean we will develop the jobs well what does that mean what does that mean, Donald? I mean, you know, I have people telling me, well, on his website, he's got this plan and this and that. And that. I said, yeah, but you know what the problem with that is? He didn't come up with any of the stuff that's on his website. What's that? Right. Not a single syllable. So when you get him out here, you know, in the public where these questions are being asked and he can't cite all of these wonderful things that are allegedly on his website, what is that really saying? So, 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 yeah, it's it put me in a quandary because I, I don't particularly like Bill O'Reilly. I certainly don't like Donald Trump. And it's uh, fuck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> John Sebastian, what do you have to add? Well, first, the fact that a Bill O'Reilly is have well before I oh, damn it. So, I don't, I literally do not listen to anything Bill O'Reilly says ever what? since his, ever since his appearance and incident at Sylvia's, 
in Harlem where he was surprised that people were not sitting around calling each other motherfucker all the time mm. when he went with of all Jesse Jackson. That being said, mm-hmm. the fact that I have to agree with Bill O'Reilly as opposed to Donald Trump makes my teeth itch. Um, and just the whole generalization of black people and their lack of skills thereof and their obviously poor decision making because of the tattoos on their faces just again gives me one more reason to hate them mm. yep yeah uh yeah <laughs> so I, I, the basic point is that uh you know both of these guys are total assholes but there is a kernel of truth there yes yeah. all right which brings us to La Portia Renee. La Portia. Uh, Miss La Portia was interviewed. Well, you know, Miss La Portia and um, her uh, her line sister, because he looks real gay, (laughs) of American Idol, were on. um, They were being he. She was being interviewed because they're both from Mississippi. And you know Mississippi is the latest state to an- enact anti-LGBT uh, uh, laws, and she says, mm-hmm. "This is how I feel about the LGBT community. They're people. They are people just like us. They're not animals, as someone stated before. They're people with feelings. Although all of us." may not agree with that particular lifestyle for religious reasons whatever the reason is you still treat each other with respect everybody is a human being we should all be able to coexist to one another i am the i am one of the people who don't really agree with that lifestyle i wasn't brought up that way it wasn't how i was raised but i do have a lot of friends and a lot of people that i love dearly who are gay and homosexual and they're such sweet nice people we should just respect each other's differences and opinions and move on legionnaire go first She is clearly, you know, I, I have to rein it in and just chalk it up to her being um, a very, unfortunately, uninformed uh, young woman who certainly um, was not prepared to speak eloquently um, on on this on this subject. Um, I don't really have I don't have a whole lot of issue with what she said, because if you know, if 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 you have a problem or, or you know, if, if there are some religious issues that you have with um, homosexuality, you know, I get it. It's not my thing. I don't particularly understand it. But if that's how you feel. That's OK. The problem comes in is how you choose to go ahead and express it. Because you start out saying they're people just like us. They're not animals. They're people with feelings and all this, that, and the other. Now, where she goes left is when she talks about lifestyle. Because, honey, I don't have a lifestyle. I have a life. So let's be clear. 
Right. I, I am a gay, same gender loving, homo, queer, whatever you want to call it. Honey, I don't live a lifestyle. I live my life. So for you to say that, you know, I don't really agree with that lifestyle. I wasn't brought up. With, well, you know what? I wasn't brought up to be gay. My mother did not, you know, pull me from her womb and decide that, you know, you know, I want my son to be a homosexual and that's how I'm going to raise him. That's how I'm going to steer him in life. It doesn't work that way. So when you say things like that, uh, you know, that's that's just that's ignorance. That's ignorance to me, you know, because she and she tries to circle back. She has friends that are gay and, you know, they're sweet, nice people, just like anybody else. And, you know, on the one hand, yes, let's respect each other's differences, opinions and move on. But, honey, you need to you need to educate yourself a little more. So I'm, I'm trying real hard not to be hostile around this. John Sebastian. <clears throat> you know, she picked the right one. Ah, Lord Jesus, here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, girl. Come on. Settle in, Chirons. That's why I was happy to go first. <laughs> there's, there's, I'm, I'm smarter than the average bear. First mm-hmm. of all, I. We, we are going to stop giving anybody born after 1990 the they are uninformed and they don't know any better excuse. This child has grown up in the age of the internet. She has grown up in the age of Twitter. She has grown up in the age of Facebook. She has seen what the, she has heard this language before. She has seen this. She's seen this movie before. Number two, someone I, I had a big discussion about this this morning, and the person I was talking to said, "Well, she's from Mississippi." Yes. She is from Macomb, Mississippi. <clears throat> and although Macomb, Mississippi is not exactly a metropolis, it ain't exactly a backwoods bird either. Number three, mm. she went to college. Mm. So she's been exposed to a whole, unless, unless she went to, you know, the Buttermilk Bible College, she's been exposed to more than what most of the folks in Macomb, Mississippi have been exposed to. Number four, if she is so concerned about religious values and biblical values, which she did not mention, but it does not take a smart person to necessarily make the leap that she's talking about her beliefs are based on what her biblical interpretations are, that same Bible would have her stoned for having a child out of wedlock. That Bible would have her stoned for sleeping with a man who ain't her husband. That same Bible would have her stay with that man who whooped her ass, which is why she left with her child. And she left him because he whooped her ass. So she was trying to get her life back on track. So I just find it in, I just find it incredibly, incredibly disingenuous when someone who is an out-of-wedlock woman who has obviously slept with more than one man, who also, and I don't I don't fat shame because I'm fat myself, but who obviously does not understand what it means to turn down her plate, so she's gluttonous, which means that's another sin that she can chalk up. <laughs> Anybody who can do all that, but talk about who the hell I've been fucking <sighs> same person, mind you. <clears throat> she need to go, she, there is a whole bunch of pews for her to go have a seat in, pick one, and get a damn perm, because that head looks like a fucking rat's nest. Honey, all of that that you said 
And uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Legionnaire, uh, because um, I'm not giving her a pass. I'm not getting over it. I'm not accepting any difference of opinion when the difference of opinion is my humanity and my access to equal rights. A difference of opinion is, you know, whether you like, you know, red M&Ms or purple M&Ms. A difference of opinion is whether you are fiscally conservative or fiscally liberal, socially conservative or socially liberal. A difference of opinion is not whether I'm going to hell and have the access to the same rights or should have the access to the same rights as you do. I mean, because that whole thing, what she said, you know, I don't agree with that lifestyle is the basis of the denial of rights to everyone else. And I'm glad that she said what she said, because now all of her dear, sweet gay friends know exactly where this fat bitch stand. Yeah, no, no, not just gay, but gay and homosexual. Don't forget, both. Gay and homosexual, yes. With all her gay and homosexual friends, they all know exactly where she stands. They all know living that, you know, their maybe closeted life in Mississippi, that when they confided in her about you know, liking the football player, but they couldn't do anything for fear of getting beat up. And she kikied and cut up with them and let them cry on her ample bosom that she was silently judging them. Yep. And now not so silently judging them. So I'm glad that she said it. So now everybody knows what the fuck she thinks. And her, the baby, that's why her hair is so jacked up because she ain't had a good gay get up in there and show her how to wear afro without looking a damn mess. Now, okay, so now, <laughs> of course, has come back now and apologized and said that, you know, her words were taken out of context. And, oh, girl, we know, heard exactly what you said, bitch. And you know what else kills me? The, 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 the gays who are going to bat for her. Of course. Oh, wait a minute, and the one that killed me was, you know, you all went straight, you all took everything else out of, out of context and you just honed straight in on that. And I'm like, you know what? I read the entire fucking interview and yes she did say that and yes i honed in on that because she has seen this happen she lives in mississippi she is coming from a conservative religious position i'm not mad about that if she had just said you know what <clears throat> actually you know I'm, I'm gonna back up and say there are some people who are really really good at stuff like this and i don't normally give this person props publicly but I am today. Bishop T.D. Jakes is really good about this. No matter what you think about his theology, no matter what you think about him as a person, whenever he is asked a question about his politics or his family, he says one of the two, one of two things. I don't discuss my politics in, in, in public and my family is my family. Family issues are family issues. They are off limits. Next question. Well, of course he can't say anything about the family because if he start judging hoes for the gay people in their family, they're going to point to his son that got caught sucking dick in a park in Dallas. That's where I was going with it. Oh, sorry. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for stealing your thunder. I really am. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to... <laughs> oh, but... Yeah. I mean, just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, 
<laughs> so the point I'm making is she, you know, and, and so my friend Twine and guy and I were talking about this this morning. He said the label and she since she signed with Motown, maybe she will learn from this and Motown will get her a good artist development person or a good manager so that she can shut up and they can say, this is what you say. This is what you don't say, because she she's new to the game. And even though she's new to the game, she still needs to be judged by what she did. Right. So Suzanne DePass needs to be Suzanne DePass needs to get a hold of her yesterday. Cause she would that would be a yeah, I mean Suzanne would could get her together real, real quick. Right. And I apologize for stealing your thunder, but you know, nothing gives me greater joy than calling out people's bullshit and hypocrisy. So, you know, I saw an opportunity. So, you know, I started salivating because I immediately connected the dots. As soon as you said T.D. Jakes and opinions about homosexuality and family or whatever, I'm like, bitch, you ain't in a position to judge. And that's why, and you are forgiven. I'm going to stab you in your eye, but you are forgiven. <laughs> he going to get me later, mm. listeners. He going to get me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Ooh, that so, was- yeah. So, you know, listen. I do feel bad for the sister a little bit, you know, because, you know, she's still she probably should have won American Idol. But, you know, the kids ain't ready for uh, a fat black woman when they had a cute little white boy to vote for. And I'm sorry. I mean, I only this I only watched the show all of three quarters of one episode over two episodes. I caught the last three minutes of the finale to see him win, and I caught one episode where it was like, it was down to the final four, and I was like, this dude is in the top four? He didn't, he just couldn't sing to me. But whatever. So. Well, the last American Idol, the last American Idol I watched was when Jennifer Hudson was on, so Mm -hmm. there you go. That's been 12 years. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> that was that was, that was, <laughs> that was the last time I followed American Idol. Paisley made one that year. Ooh, Lord have mercy. But yes, so God bless her. You know, hopefully, hopefully Miss Renee can get herself together and go on and do whatever. I know who won't be buying her project. I probably wasn't gonna buy it anyway. I mean, you know. You know, well, quiet is kept. You know, everybody talked about how amazing her performance of whatever song that was, and I was like, it wasn't that good to me. Somebody said she sung "Halo," and this is like, well, it was—it's a Beyonce song. Anybody could sing that, and I right. was like, oh, okay, mm. wow. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that was mm. hard. Right. I was like, I. Don't don't know what I can say to that. Right. right. <laughs> I don't even know how I would choose a Beyonce song for a singing competition. <laughs> right. So I would choose, if I were going to choose one. If I mean, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, I would choose Get Me Body. Mm. Right, because it's up tempo and it shows that you could be like a good, you know, performer as well right. as carry a tune because no one's suggesting that Beyonce can't carry a tune and you know who I actually thought Beyonce would be good and no one's talking to you boy Ooh. the boy's here uh, the boy the you know I've taken I've taken in you know 
poor gay, you know, you know, the poor young gays, you know, we all gotta, <laughs> we gotta, we, it's, it's called each one teach one. Exactly. You know, so he's, I let him sleep in, uh, in the production studio. Ah. Uh, you know, yeah. in my, uh, in, it's, it's, I can't, I can't call it the gay boy mansion because Johnny McGovern already calls it that, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, right. That's uh no. So what I was going to say is that I always thought that um, Beyonce would be good to play um, Aretha Franklin. No. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> well, there's. I, I guess the, I guess we have to defend the definitive answer on that. Right. He, he didn't. He did not qualify that. He didn't say. You know, I can see that. However, he said no. no. <laughs> because while Beyonce can sing, she does not have the vocal gravitas to sing respect. She doesn't have the gut. She doesn't have the good. Oh, by the way, I'm going to see Aretha Franklin on on July 24th. But. Mm-hmm. In Cincinnati, which I cannot wait. Um, yeah. But she doesn't have, you know, and I love Beyonce, don't get me wrong. I love me some, I love me some Bianca, but she doesn't have the vocal weight to sing the Atlantic Records catalog. She doesn't. Yeah. She can't, you know, she can't sing with pen in hand because you got, you got to have been through some shit to sing about signing your divorce papers and making sure that you, you know, that you, you, you teach your child to fish and, how to keep all the bullies away. You got to have been through something to sing First Snow and Kokomo and about yeah. a little name being named Moishe being born. You, you, you know, well, you, she could because she named her child Blue, but you got to have gone through something in order to sing Aretha Franklin. And I love, Beyonce, I love Beyonce and Listen was cute, but that still was not a vocally heavy song. No. It, it was, you know, it was vocally heavy for her. Sorry, yeah. I... You, you know how you salivate about hypocrisy? I salivate about Aretha. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but no. <laughs> We're going to stop that foolishness before it starts. No. It's nay. Aretha Franklin. Ah! Diana Ross, maybe. Sorry. All right, kids. I think it's time for a hot topic so we can dive deep into a few things. Mm-hmm. Y'all ready? Let's do it. All right, the first thing we are going to dive deep into is the Twitter controversy after uh, Bomani Jones wore a shirt on uh, ESPN last weekend with the word Caucasians in the same style as the Cleveland Indians logo. And, you know, of course, of course, white people lost all they motherfucking. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I mean, I'm trying to. Okay, so what do I need to say? I mean, do I even. I don't even need to read the. Uh, what people said. One can just imagine, you know, the uh, white hot rage. <laughs> The white hot white rage that existed, you know, when he had the audacity to wear a shirt 
that mocks the racial identity of a group. How dare he? How dare he? And they certainly didn't even get the get the uh, the irony of such a position. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or the dollar sign where the 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 um, feathers are in the headdress. They completely missed the irony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but you know, white tears are so fragile and so bitter. <laughs> I, I, so white tears sustain me. <laughs> you know, Lemon Juice does that and so does vinegar. Yeah. It's so tasty on the rocks. It was <laughs> oh, just, you know, first of all, if I could find one of the shirts, I would buy one because it is brilliant. It's funny. I re- I'm like, I want, where the fuck can I get one? Right. Right. You know, and the fact that they are just losing their ever-loving last little bit of mind over a shirt. You know, and, and I think that the folks who are losing their minds forget something very important that when you are in the dominant, when you are the dominant culture, mm. you get made fun of. One of the reasons why the Constitution is set up the way it is, you know, especially the First Amendment, where you get, you know, you can't be put in jail for lampooning people in power, unlike in other countries. So when you are, you know, when you are in the 1%, when you are the people who make the laws, you get, unfortunately, that's part and parcel of being in charge. You get to be made fun of. You don't, you know, so... Sorry, y'all will be all right. Stop doing racist shit, and we won't make fun of you for being racist. Mm. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> Bomani Jones elicited exactly the reaction he wanted from Thank white you. people by wearing the T-shirt, because he knew white folks would start spinning the hamster wheel of their white privilege and be upset. Right. right. It, it's a t-shirt people. And it, it and and I would be more understanding of their outrage if the shirt said cracker or right. honky. Right. Right. Or rednecks. Right. Or mm-hmm. peck of woods. You know, then I could I might I might feel a kernel of sympathy for their outrage, but it says Caucasians. Is that not how you refer to yourselves as Caucasians? Or if it said white people. Oh, right. If it said white people, would that have been better? It's a teacher, people. Calm down. Relax. Unclench. It's okay. It's a shirt. Right. Uh, I mean, so because I mean, you think of you. You compare the 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 name. You know, a T-shirt with the word Caucasian on it to a T-shirt that says Redskins or right. Braves or right. um, even Indians because they aren't fucking Indians. Right. So right. you know the. Caucasians is actually, you know, in the world, you know, of ethnography, Caucasians is an accurate term of scholarly, uh, used in scholarly 
um, discourse to describe a group of people from a particular part of the world. And it is a correct ethnic designation. It is correct in its designation. Oh, Jesus. But, Father in heaven, you know, brave. Yeah, I just, look, I need some vodka behind that because that was just dumb. Right. Well, you know what? I guess they'll just have to get over it then, won't they? Real quick. Mm, well, all right, uh, Legionnaire. Let's talk about uh, free tuition. On uh, Vox.com, we have an article uh, that says that Stanford has just made tuition free for families earning less than $125,000 per year. Uh, Stanford University will provide free tuition of, for parents, for students of parents of students who earn less than 125, and if they make less than 65,000, they won't have to contribute to room and board costs either. Students will still be expected to pay $5,000 towards costs from summer, summer earnings and working part time while enrolled. Um, but it also says that the um, that there's no rules that says that the parents can't cover those particular costs. Um, but there's also a point to be made that says most universities can't afford to offer such generous financial aid to their students, but they could draw a lesson from the plan's simplicity. Uh, it says here that Stanford enrolls a high proportion of wealthy students who pay higher tuition that helps subsidize lower income peers. And Stanford is one of the world's richest universities with an endowment of $21 billion. On the other hand, there's something that every college could emulate about this policy. It's incredibly simple and straightforward. Middle class students know even before they apply what they'll have to pay to attend whether they'll be able to afford it to afford it and how much they'll have to borrow at most colleges the amount a family is expected to pay does the students have applied been accepted and filed the financial aid paperwork that's partly because many colleges are stretching their financial aid budgets and don't know what they're dealing with until the students have been admitted but legislators are trying to make federal financial aid at least more transparent by allowing students to use older tax data when filing the FAFSA. That would allow students to find out how much aid they qualify for up to a year before they start college. Researchers have proposed even earlier notification for students from poor families, letting them know as early as eighth grade that they could qualify for a federal Pell Grant. Most colleges can't match Stanford's generosity but they could at least try to duplicate its simplicity. So I think that's pretty cool. And there's actually another story that says that the uh, community college of Phil Philadelphia will make um, tuition free for motivated students. Uh, and this is on uh, abc.com, 6abc.com out of Philadelphia. Uh, each year at the college, uh, community college of Philadelphia, hundreds apply, meet the academic standards, get from their federal financial aid, but it's still not enough and they can't afford to enroll. Now CCP is joining what's becoming a nationwide trend and making tuition free to motivated students. Um, so as it looks like that there at least there are schools that are moving more towards uh, this type of thing. And um, it's it's cool. 
It's cool. I mean, they are, it says here that they are trying to meet the needs of those who have a financial need, but are academically tenacious and willing to be successful. Um, apply, just apply. Do not let anything like money keep you from doing what you want to do. Pursue what you want and the opportunities will be there. I have thoughts. I know you have thoughts, honey. Please share your thoughts. Um, well, this story came about because one of my friends had posted this uh, on his Facebook feed and said, for those who think Bernie Sanders free college agenda is impossible, there is proof everywhere that it is that it actually is possible. <sighs> and I respect this person. So I didn't immediately dismiss it and I had to read it. And, you know, because I was like, that's the thing with politics is that, you know, all of these proposals are always pie in the sky. And you just have to believe that, you know, the person that's proposing them at least um, is saying things that you're interested in. But people with Bernie Sanders, unlike, you know, other other presidents are like expecting him to do some incredible shit incredible incredible he this this free college tuition program on bernie sanders websites says that it will cost 75 billion dollars with a b every year not over 10 years but every year it's going to cost 75 billion dollars so the argument can be made that is do we need to invest 75 billion dollars perhaps the answer to that question is yes based on that donald trump and bill o'reilly story but uh what we need to do and what we can do right now is two different things and people are acting like on day one uh he's going to be able to do this you know that like everybody's just going to fall in line because he's now the president and that's what's going to happen because that all, that certainly worked out for uh, Barack Obama. But then, you know, when you break it down, like you said, Stanford has a $21 billion endowment. So uh, uh, the interest on that alone is more than enough to uh, pay. Let's see. 21, 1, 2, 3. No, that's 12. 21, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. That's 21. Yeah, that's $21 billion times 0 0.03. That's still $630 million per year on 3% interest alone. That's not even, that's if no one ever donates even a single dollar more to Stanford in for, you know, the next hundred years. They can generate $630 million off of 3% interest. So of course Stanford can afford to do that. And this whole Community College of Philadelphia thing, cause you know, what did I tell y'all earlier? Nothing gives me greater pleasure than calling out people's bullshit, even if you are the president of the United States. Mm. So <laughs> let's get in. Let's get into the community college of uh, Philadelphia. So first of all, 
in order to get this little scholarship. So it's not it's not that they're making tuition free. You still have to pay for you still have to apply and receive student uh, um, financial aid and they're just covering the gap. So let's start there. Let's just start there. Then where can we go from there? Uh, the school is not offering free tuition. The article indicates that the tuition is about $5,500 per year. The student must reply and receive financial aid, but that still leaves an outstanding bill of $500 per student, which the school then covers in the form of a scholarship. This amounts to about 9% of the annual cost of tuition. The other 91% is already covered by other sources, so the impact to the college college's bottom line is not as great as the article would suggest. Further, you have to be a full-time student to even qualify for this $500 scholarship, and the statistics from the own school's website show that only less than half of the students are full-time, so the majority of students don't even qualify for this. Lastly, the article states that about 440 students will qualify for this uh, re reimbursement in the first year. That's a total of 220,000 out of a $139 million operating budget or about 0.15% of their budget. So it's great publicity, but they ain't actually doing nothing. They're not actually providing free college for a bunch of people. Most of the people who are at who go to this college are poor and um, uh, they're they're minority students and they're poor students. So five hundred dollars is is a lot. So I'm not saying it's not nothing, but it ain't it ain't what it's it, it is what it's saying. They're not providing free college. So again, it's bullshit, and it's giving you this perception that you know. Oh, well, if, if the Stanford can do it, which is bullshit, if the Community College of Philadelphia can do it, which is bullshit, then every college can do it. They can't because the two examples that you cite are bullshit. John Sebastian, the floor is yours. <laughs> it is bullshit. And I can tell you it's bullshit because when talking about college intuition, um, the state of Illinois immediately comes to mind. And right now, there's a crisis going on with funding. So I attended college in Illinois, Dominican University rocks. Um, and I got and I got a fundraising, I got a fundraising letter from the president of the college saying that the state is not providing their portion of grant dollars. And without those grant dollars, students at my little Roman Catholic university are going to have to drop out because it, it's about 10% of the operating budget, which is missing. Um, and the kids that go to my, the school I went to are not exactly poor. You, you know, a good, more than half of them come, come from a background where their parents make enough money to send them or they're legacy students. And if you're a legacy student, you automatically get a break on tuition. So you're right, Stanford doing it, you know, a $21 billion endowment gives you a whole lot more room to give away money than if you are operating on a $1,500 endowment and a wing and a prayer that the lights don't get shut out and that the check's clear at the end of the month. Um, I think that 
higher education in this country is broken. Mm-hmm. I think that the model is way out of whack. You know, there is no re- there is no reason that a, a student who goes to college for four years and gets a graduate degree should be $150,000 in debt and basically indebted to the federal government for the remainder of their lives in order to try to make a decent living. I think that, that that's a sin and a shame. That is... So this is personal for me um, because my student loan my student loan balance is approximately $150,000. I will never pay off my student loan. And if, you know, when I went to college, when I applied back in the dark ages, um, this whole, you know, just applying the money will will appear thing, that's, no, it doesn't work that way. I got, I got accepted to Duke and couldn't go because my mother couldn't write that check. Even with full financial aid, even, you know, we weren't considered poor. I could not go to do. So I think that higher education in this country is broken. And while it is um, applaudable, well, it's, it, it's laudable and applaudable that Stanford is making tuition free for families making less than $125,000 a year, it's really easy to be generous when you've got a whole bunch of money and you don't have any worries about it. Right. It's real easy to be generous when it's real easy to pay, you know, to pick up a bar tab when you make more money than everybody in the bar, plus the bar owner combined. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all. You know. There is I'm that. Never gonna be- right. So, you know, I don't want to make it sound like I, you know, I, I would love to, um, guarantee a basic level of education um you know for all for all uh all people frankly i really just feel like we should take advantage of the you know we should just do a better job of what we're teaching people in high school you know and if we if we did a good job in K a better job in K through twelve, then college really would be about specialization and learning, you know, specific skills and not general skills. You shouldn't be learning, you know, even when I was in college, I mean, you know, I went to Florida AM University and they had this uh writing requirement in the state of Florida at the college level because so many students were coming to college with terrible writing skills everybody isn't isn't everybody isn't shakespeare everybody is not f scott Fitzgerald. everybody is not um james baldwin but i'm saying you know you would think that there would be a certain basic expectation about your level and ability to write and clearly that was not there so they had to institute this thing where you had to write a certain number of words which the college fulfilled in a bullshit way by having people keep journals so that was your way of writing the uh, i don't know it was the you had to write i don't know i'm making up some number because even in college 
I was taking advanced English and other courses, so I was exempted from that. But like regular, it was fucked up that even in college there were advanced placement courses. I was like, everybody in college supposed to already have been in advanced placement, but clearly not. Mm, clearly not. So, <laughs> you know, um, so we're clearly not doing a very good job at the K through 12 job uh, uh, level so that when people get to college, they aren't spending their time specializing in accounting or business administration or architecture or engineering. They are learning how to read and write successfully first and doing remedial math. I was like, why are they offering any level of mathematics below calculus in college? Mm. Well, for those of us who actually are brilliant in some skill sets, but not in others. Well, can- okay, all right, all right. You know, I'm you know I'm a bit of an elitist, and I will I will I will own that. You know, so just because I don't see. Right. I mean, just because you are a brilliant writer does not mean you are a brilliant mathematician. Yes. Case in point, I can write. I can write till the day. I can write till the sun comes up three days from now. But put an advanced mathematical calculation in front of me. And I might start crying. Mm. So, uh, is not you know for those of you who were gifted across the board, that was great. You know, my giftedness is in the arts. You know, can can you sing a high C? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so it you know giftedness is is you know and so. But I also believe that, you know, there should not be anything less than algebra one offered at the college level because if you if you can't get to, if you can't get to algebra one by the time you're a senior in high school, then there's some other issues going on. Mm-hmm. You know. Calculus. Because cal- I can't calculus I tried calculus because when I went to go get my master's in education and I was like, Nope, not happening because I my brain doesn't work that way. No, and I get that. I'm I'm saying that algebra and geometry are basic life skills that should be more emphasized in the K through 12 level. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's such a puzzle because it's, again, easy for someone like me to say that because, you know, you and I went to good schools, but everybody in our school wasn't good. You know, you and I went to had classes where you know the kids just didn't have the kind of behavioral problems that some of these teachers have to deal with so i mean you know yeah well they love to teach geometry and algebra and shit but you know these kids come from some fucked up home situations and you know they're hungry or other shit is going wrong in their life till where they can't concentrate till and you know by it's cumulative by the time they get to high school you know in a lot of ways that ship has already sailed that should, that should fit, but also with that, if we're really going to talk, remember I've, the benefit of being married to a second grade teacher. Um, part of the problem is when by by the time a lot of these kids get to fourth grade, they've already pretty much been tracked as to whether they're going to be successful or whether they, they're either going to Princeton or the penitentiary. That's kind of the way it, it's going now. By the time 
child is nine years old. Mm -hmm. The first, the administration, the guidance counselors have pretty much figured out how, where this kid's gonna, you know, gonna fall out. Um, part of that is because they are living in homes where education is not at a premium. You know, right. it, it, and I'm gonna use you as an example, Legion Man. You are one of the best dads I have ever talked to. And I know that the princess, if she don't do nothing else, the princess is going to be a success educationally because her parents are invested. And they're not just invested, you know, verbally, they do the work. They make sure the homework is done. They spend the time. They take, you, you all are, in, you invest in your child. A lot of parents today can't invest in their child partially because they're at home, partially because they don't have the skills, partially because they're working three four jobs trying to make ends meet. Mm. But now, and, and on the flip side of that, my mama was job to make ends meet. Right. And I still, and I have a master's degree. So it can be done, but it becomes, do the, is it important to the parents? Education is important to those of us in a certain socioeconomic level. Who is a certain socioeconomic level. It is important mm. to us. It's important to me because it was important to my parents. It was important mm. to my parents because they came out of the civil rights movement and education was the way for us to advance. You know, it was important to my parents, my grandparents, because my grandfather, uh, he was a success. He could never be the supervisor on his job. So he made sure that his children went to college so that they would have more opportunities. A lot Absolutely. Of parents, they don't that you know right you talk about what the, the, the work your dad did your dad had a solid middle-class job but he wanted better for his son mm -hmm. well and the thing that we always try to stress about education that it's not it's not about you getting good grades and all this other kind of stuff because you want to get a good paying job because yeah i mean I, I mean that's that's the e also speaks to the fact that we want you to have these tools that will allow you to to navigate the world right you, right. you need knowledge to navigate the world and i think that's something that that gets lost in the translation and and when you talk about you know education and, and access to education you know that's that's where you know that's where my i get my hackles up because you know education getting an education so that you can navigate the world should not be a privilege it shouldn't be a privilege and in this country in this society the way it exists today it's a privilege and mm -hmm. and, and and just like you said so it speaks to the fact that the system that's in place is terribly broken and it's not and it's not on the side of making society better it, it creates this elite system you know where where people with education can stand higher than their compatriots and, and the way and the way employment happens these days that's not even the advantage that it always the advantage that it's supposed to be you know in terms of getting a job and everything else so so yeah you know we we focus less on um, you know, we focus less on getting a good job, which of course we want her to get, uh, you know, but we try to focus on the fact that yes, you know, in your school, you know, you might be one of five black girls or five black kids in the school. But when you start navigating the world, 
that number might be even smaller. So you need to understand how you how you move through that. Or maybe bigger, and they may be, those other black kids may be hungrier than you. It, right, exactly, and that's the other side of it. I said, and, and we make sure that there's that understanding too. You want to make sure that those people that come up that may not have your advantages, uh, you know, aren't going to let their drive out outshine or, or outstep yours because your your drive would have to be just as hard, even though you may have had it a little bit easier. You know, don't let don't let that slow you down either. You take all those things and have them motivate you to be a successful person. So, yes, uh, I definitely thank you for saying that, uh, John Sebastian, because we do. We work very hard and, and I don't I didn't realize and I don't want to call it difficult because I don't think parenthood is is something that could be called difficult. It, it is it's challenging. And there are parents and individuals that are up for the challenge, and unfortunately, uh, there are there there are folks that are not so much. Um, but it's something; it's a challenge that I've always appreciated. And if you know the princess comes out uh, a, de- a decent person at the end of it, then I will feel that I'll have done my job. Right. Oh. But but yes, well, John, John Sebastian. You know, uh, I think the legacy of what we're dealing with now in terms of education goes all the way back to slavery, mm. which is the transition to this story about Sally Hemings and Thomas Jefferson. Um, so that that was you actually beat me to the punch. You, you <laughs> I just keep stealing your thunder today. That's all right. You know, you can feel the thunder, baby, and I'm gonna still shine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we often hear about Thomas Jefferson and his love slave baby mama concubine Sally Hemings. Well, there's a new historical novel out that's raising eyebrows. According to Vox.com, Stephen O'Connor's Thomas Jefferson Dreams of Sally Hemings um, is about a third president's relationship with Sally Hemings, his slave. Now, of course, DNA evidence has proved that Jefferson and Hemings had six children together while Jefferson owned Sally um, and their children, uh, freeing them one by one as they came of age. To complicate matters, which I did not know until very recently, Sally Hemings was a half-sister to Thomas Jefferson's late wife. The product of a relationship between Jefferson's father-in-law and uh, Hemings's mother. Mm. On all accounts, this sexual relationship between the two spanned several decades, beginning when Sally was a teenager and Thomas was in his forties. It was not, in any sense of the word, consensual. She was a child, and he literally owned her, and she was not in a position to give or withhold con- consent. What he did to her was, in a word. Rape. Okay. But this book is more interested in exploring the potential ambiguities of their relationship. Did Sally enjoy it, possibly? To what extent was she complicit? According to Kirkus, in this novel, Hemings enthusiastically consents to the relationship. There's a quote. And so, when some half hour after Sally Hemings arrives late at the upstairs parlor, 
And Thomas Jefferson confesses breathlessly that he would very much like to lie with her as a man lies with his wife. She whispered that she would like that too. NPR quotes a passage in which Sally whispers enthusiastically to Jefferson, I want us always to be here where we are, where we are only at our hands, those parts of us made for each other by nature, where our only words are the ones we whisper in the little caves we make between pillow, cheek, and lips. The Washington Post cites O'Connor's assertion in the afterward that Hemings' feelings for Jefferson might well have fallen somewhere along the spectrum between love and Stockholm Syndrome. Okay, so the book, by and large, is getting pretty good reviews. Um, you know, some people discuss, you know, talk about show, how this shows the agonizing crashing together of love and slavery, with NPR observing that O'Connor has the insight to put them side by side, and the result is searing and sometimes beautiful. The Washington Post acknowledges that the book's treatment of Sally Hemings is most troubled and troubling chapters and concludes that O'Connor's deeply humane treatment of Sally, whose actual thoughts will never be known to us, is the novel's most haunting accomplishment. Oh, but then Black gets, well, Twitter itself, and I'm sure Black Twitter gets all up in it. Bad Feminist author Roxanne Gay wrote the following. Thomas Jefferson was a rapist. Why can't y'all just accept that? He's been dead for a minute. It's okay to admit the truth. Kate Harvey, the author of Asking For says, we can't know what Sally Hemings really wanted. Gonna go ahead and guess freedom was high on the list. And one more from Betsy Phillips. I'm sorry, but quote, maybe she wanted it, maybe she liked it, end quote, is not a new insight. She told the uh, NPR. It is the fantasy of a lot of rapists, the fantasy of a lot of slaveholders, that the destructive thing to do isn't re reality. So, what y'all think about this foolishness and fuckery? Um, Legionnaire, I'll start with you. Uh, um, that is foolishness and fuckery uh, you know it's like yes we there there is clearly the understanding that you know he had six children by this woman and so clearly sex happened between them now I am not one of those people who has any kind of delusions that you know you know he owned slaves thomas jefferson owned slaves and sex with those women between the masters and the slaves was was something that happened and you are not going to sell me on you're not going to sell me on the fact that this is something that this woman asked for it's it's not going to happen now who knows to the degree that she may have had to have get she may have had to adjust to her station in life that could very well have been the, the case but it, that in no way to me translates into consent it does not it does not translate to me into consent so <laughs> how could she consent when she wasn't free 
Exactly. And, oh. and 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 in the term and in the society that they existed in, she wasn't even a person. Or yeah, she was not a person. Men were three sets. She wasn't she, even a person. She was she was property for him to do with as he chose. Right. I think he, he wasn't somebody sorry. she wasn't somebody that he decided to marry and move into the big house. That never happened. She was property. He chose to do what he wanted to do with his property. So, you know, I don't I don't need to read a love story between Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings because that's a lie. Thank you. Yes. Uh, So the Washington Post concludes that O'Connor's deeply humane treatment of Sally. Why does the slave need to have deeply humane? I mean. One would think that you w- we would automatically have sympathy and see the slave as humane. I think people see people think that um, I, I I happen to think that you know people use the word rape and people automatically assume rape as in terms of uh, someone who was um, you know. Like he, like he came into her cabin and you know held her down and forced himself upon her. It may not have been that. I mean, it probably wasn't that because I don't see how she would have tolerated that for six decades. I mean, she probably would have just died at some point mm-hmm. if that was how, if that was the nature of the relationship, you know, like that. And you know, she wouldn't have traveled with him to France and all sorts of other stuff. So it wasn't rape in no, no, that term. No, no. no, no. I'm not going. <laughs> uh, but, I, okay, I mean, but I, I, just let me finish. <laughs> I'm not at all suggesting that she was cool with the things that happened, but I'm saying that people are thinking that just because it wasn't the violent crashing in the middle of the night kind of rape that everything was cool but what people aren't understanding is that the rape is not the the sex aspect it's the lack of ability to consent and the mm-hmm. power indifference uh between the two that made it the rape first you know it was the fact that she was a child and he was a grown a very grown ass man who was married and on top of that, even if she was a free white girl, she would have had more ability to say no than a free black slave. So there is that. So I am, you know, that's why I'm all, I mean, I'm. we're all on the same page. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Not at all suggesting that, you know, this chick was like, yeah, this is real cool. Maybe like Legionnaire said, she was like, you know what? This could be so much worse for me, you know? And maybe she had limited options and made the best out of those whatever but you know we can explore their relationship and possibly speculate that it wasn't this violent rapey relationship like some people are suggesting without ex- suggesting that it was some loving intimate relationship because that that 
because what that does is absolves Jefferson of the responsibility for living up to the words that he wrote on that piece of paper that all men are created equal. Mm-hmm. That he didn't even that he didn't even that the foundation of this country is bullshit when the people that wrote those words, him and George Washington and others, did not and were not living up to the principles of that. Hell, he didn't even release his own damn children until the until they got old enough where they were uh where it was just like you know, whatever. I was like, you know, if, if if that was your thing, you know, let's say, you know, because there are examples of slave of slave owners who fell in love with their slaves and I assume it was requited or whatever, and they released their slaves and all of their children as soon as it happened. But I'm always casting a side eye at anybody that don't release the slave release slave until they're an adult or until um uh after their death. Well, you got all the use. You you suck this person dry, and now you're gonna give them their freedom. How you're gonna release a child as a 21 year old when he's never he or she has never been allowed to learn to read or write or have any real rights? So, fuck them. Well, just the fact that someone has written a book trying to. Humanize and and take the sting out of the 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 rape aspect of this relationship. Below, my mind. And it, it just it's you know, again, writing he raped her for four hundred pages is not a good way to sell a book. Yeah, well, yes, there is that. There oh, is Kelly, that there. Kelly Price gained back all that weight. Mm. All right, I'm really? reading something. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading oh, something no. on the Chronicles of Ephraim, and it's a picture of Kelly Price at her birthday party, and it's hmm. I guess she was booked at a restaurant. Mm. Sorry, <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was pretty shit, uh, and I love so, it. So sorry. <laughs> he was a friend of mine. Honey, she was a friend of the buffet. Oh. I ate the whole buffet. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know that I did some green. Uh, oh, I may have to record that. Oh, I, I feel yes. fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, speaking of apologies, uh, Mrs. Clinton, the Clintons every week they you know they be trying to make it hard for for colors to uh, vote for them. <laughs> every week they say something foolish, and you like. Every week it's like, all right, girl, but don't say nothing else. And every week, her or her husband say something foolish, and you're like, girl, 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 I still, I mean, I still think you'd be a better president 
than Bernie Sanders, but you're going to have to stop saying shit. Just keep your mouth shut. Right. You make it hard for me. And not in a good way. Right. <laughs> so, you remember that song? You're making it, it hard for me. Yeah. Just, just try to start winning primaries again and mm. get your shit under control. Get your, you know, with your little cute pantsuits and stuff. But she keeps saying some shit. So this week, Hillary Clinton said the following. Hit it, Poppy. I, I heard my name. I just have to say thanks for the endorsement, Bill. Sorry, Hillary. I was running on CP time. It's not, I don't, I don't like jokes like that, Bill. It's not Cautious politician time. I, I've been there. So... Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I sometimes I have to watch myself because, you know, I'm so desperate to not have this country fall into an abyss that, you know, I just sometimes I'm like, am I overlooking shit that I should really be outraged about? And I'm just like, it was a joke by two old white people with a punchline that was supposed to be a little bit outrageous and it came back. I mean, she didn't say the words colored. We all knew what it meant. I mean, that's the the joke right there. Mm-hmm. Is that is that is literally the joke that is CP time, which she says for cautious politician time. She was with the dude, uh, one of the dudes from the play Hamilton. You know, mm-hmm. he got a black wife. You know, it's it's this isn't this wasn't uh, Donald Trump. Saying sorry, I'm late. I was on colored people time. I mean, nigger time. I mean, it wasn't that. Right. <laughs> people just, you know, and people want to be, and this, you know, I will, you know, if you give the Republicans credit for anything, is that they have engaged in a 30 year campaign to demonize this woman, which she has sometimes helped them with. But people are now conditioned to think the worst of this woman, even when it was. At worst, an unfunny joke, at least in my opinion. What y'all think? Uh, I I didn't quite get the outrage. Uh, you know, it just wasn't. It was something that wasn't funny. Well, wasn't particularly funny. I mean, she tried to spin it into something else, and maybe that was part of the skit. Maybe it wasn't. And uh, you, know, I felt the same way. I felt like you know, if there was some outrage to be had, I definitely missed it because. It just didn't strike me as uh, it wasn't it wasn't racist per se. It wasn't racist. I mean, I, I don't know. It just it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. John Sebastian, you know, so I'm I'm kind of two minds about this. It was a wink and a nod joke. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's, I, if it had been maybe a little funnier, I would have been okay. 
It was a bad wink and nod joke. Second thing was, if I'm mad with anybody about that, I'm mad with Bill de Blasio. Because mm. how much black he's been in, he ain't black. He right. don't get like that. I mean, I'm not outraged, but it's like I can see where outrage could, could begin. Um, it was just poorly timed. And whoever wrote it, you know, and I, I got a feeling somebody, I got a feeling that Lynn, um, whatever his name is, Lynn, Manu- Lynn something manual, wrote it. Um, th- he, that was just not his best work. It, 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 it worked, but it didn't. It was funny, but it wasn't. Um, and honestly, if, the, if we're going to be mad at anybody about that, it's not Hillary who did it. It's Dude. Right. You know, so, oh, you know, so I, I think it was a, it's a gender uh, controversy, so that people can have something else to be outraged about. Right. Right. The words literally came out of his mouth, and she just said, "Cautious politician time." So, if anybody should get the hit, it should be him. And even for him, it wasn't a hit. I mean, it just. And then he apologized and, you know, walked it back. That was after Hillary threw him under the bus. He was like, that wasn't me. That was that motherfucker. I just, you know. <laughs> right. That wasn't me. <laughs> Go back and watch the tape. That wasn't me. Uh, and I agree with her. It wasn't her, and it wasn't even that big a deal. Um, You know, what her husband said, you know, the previous week was a lot more uh crazy than that. And even even that, I'm like, you know. Gotta have something to be outraged about. Gotta have something to be outraged about. And mm-hmm. you know, since you know, well, we we aren't we 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 are. We're, I guess we're good on time. Um, what y'all think about what Bill Clinton said last week when uh she they, he was at giving his speech and being heckled by the some Black Lives Matter protesters. And she was like, he was like, well, it's true they were killing up a bunch of people. That's what Bill said. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm asking what you say with said about what you think about what he said, Legionnaire. You know, I think I'm I must have missed that. I mean, I heard that there was something, but I didn't I didn't hear exactly what was said. They would not let him speak. So he was like, "Listen, she's on your side. You're uh you are defending, you know, murderers and rapists." What she was she was talking about people who actually were murdering and killing a lot of uh, you know they were selling drugs and they were killing a lot of people because what the Black Lives Matter protesters were basically saying that you know what Hillary Clinton said was wrong and, and Bill Clinton was like well they were killing up a bunch of people <laughs> and they were selling drugs and you're defending those people essentially so. All, all of that was in response to some of the legislation he signed while he was president. Yes. So, um, I was okay. So I, I wasn't offended that he got pissed off and snapped and, and clapped back. I was a little pissed off, however, when he came out and said, "I almost apologized." I was like, uh, little, little arrogant, little, little hubris coming in. I'm gonna need you to dial it back a little bit. I have a special feeling for Bill Clinton. I love Bill Clinton. I've often said that I think he is my daddy. Um, you know, I do. I think, you know, if I was gonna have a white daddy, oh, I was gonna have a real white dad, 
Oh, never mind. Um, you should just stop talking now. Right. right. <laughs> I'm going to check my life. Yes. <laughs> I think you better let it go. Let it go. <laughs> so, but that, I was more angry with him about that than I was about, what, about him clapping back. Politics is a bruising sport. And, you right. know, if, if you're going to interrupt a, a former president while he's giving a speech and you think he's just supposed to sit there and take it, wrong. And I think that's part of the problem. Folks have gotten so conditioned to just say whatever the hell they want. And then when somebody claps back, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe he said that to us. Like, right. you, know, you say something ridiculous out of your mouth or expect someone to say something ridiculous out of theirs. Right. If I didn't send for you, then do not, I repeat, do not come for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. What you think? Well, <laughs> oh, well. All right, kids. Well, that was Hot Topics. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah. Is there, is there anything uh, in the world that we're forgetting? No, I think we got no, it all. I think we got it all. You know, I don't know if we have the time, but there was something that came up on the Internet recently that um, that I'm going to I'm going to throw out there just to see what you guys think. Um, there there is this guy who from Atlanta who does a blog on YouTube, has a YouTube channel. And there was something that came out recently where apparently on his Facebook page, he posted um, he posted some information regarding somebody. Now, I'm not clear if this was somebody that was trying to date him or that he was trying to date or whatever. But apparently he put this guy's name, his face, uh, posted pictures of, I guess, some meds in his cabinet, basically outing him as being HIV positive. Uh-huh. And you know, it, it just it sparked a lot of outrage, of course, and sparked a lot of conversation. And I I don't know this person personally, but I know of him, and what I know of him, uh, nothing I heard has been positive. And it just smacks of somebody who is reeking of insecurity uh and and in a desperate, desperate, desperate need of attention. Um, yeah, messy. Just a messy, messy gym bottom who doesn't know what to do with himself. Um, so I just, I, I needed to speak on it because, you know, I... <sighs> You know, to say that I'm outraged, to say that I'm outraged doesn't even begin to cover it. Um, and I didn't even know if I was going to bring it up, you know, for discussion. But I, you know, I think it's, I think that it's important enough that we at least touch on it and kind of put it out there for our listeners. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you guys are aware of it or not. So let me at least start there. Oh, I'm well aware of it. I'm okay. aware of it. Oh, okay. Uh, so just to kind of get you guys' take on it, I mean, I know the easy answer would be, yes, this guy's an asshole and shouldn't have done it and all this, that, and the other, um, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get <laughs> more, more from, from, from my bristas out, outside of the rage that I'm feeling around this whole issue. Okay. So 
from what I, so the story that I've, because I've gotten three calls about this from, um, and I'm not going to call the person by name because if they come for me, as they are want to do when people cross him, you know, he, he likes to destroy people and, you know, that cross him. This is about a boy that he was dating or tried to date who stayed with him and who owes him money. Mm. Um, he allegedly basically gave him money to get a car so that he could start up. He gave him money for a car and the boy already had bad credit and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he, I guess they had an argument and then he decided to put this young man on blast. Mm. Okay, so, outrage, as you said, is not a strong enough adjective to use. Uh, 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 The fact that he is shaming this young man, who, by the way, is taking medication to keep him under control, to shame him in that way is just absolutely un- just unconscionable. And you would think that after that face slashing incident from a couple years ago, he would have learned his lesson. He obviously has not. And right. you know, I ain't got nothing. You know, I am, and 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 what really really pissed me off was somebody said, well. The person that he outed is going around Atlanta infecting people. And I'm like, well, what about the folks who are asleep? What about the dudes who are either taking raw dick or, or getting up in raw ass? Where's their responsibility? Right. job to be public health service. No. And if, and again, I, I hope I don't wish anything bad on anybody. But if something bad happens to that man, he will have brought it on himself. As far as I, uh, my understanding uh, of what, uh, of what, you know, because I'm on this from the periphery, you know, this girl Mm -hmm. can't come for me because he don't work in the field that I work and whatever he got to say ultimately don't affect me. He ain't a part of Onyx. He ain't in this community and I don't Mm -hmm. give a fuck what none of these fags think. So Mm -hmm. there is that. So we can start there. (laughs) Uh, So we can just start right there. So he can't destroy me because he's not in a in a position to have any real effect. What a bunch of homos that I don't talk to don't want to talk to me. Fuck them. It's my understanding that he was on a date with this person and they were going to sleep together and he did not disclose that he was HIV positive before they had relations or whatever. And I'm like, and, and, you know, so I guess it was like, I guess he expected this person to reveal this, you know, immediately upon meeting someone. And I'm like, one is under no obligation. Yes. So you could say, all right, so perhaps morally, you know, if you have a contagious disease, you know, uh, illness. I mean, but this is this applies if you've got the flu. You you know, one would you, you would think that one would someone would be like, well, you know, I have this. It's under control or whatever. But ultimately, the responsibility for your health is yours, not someone else's. So even if he was, quote unquote, going around Atlanta infecting someone, 
Um, you know, I don't know. It's certainly not Walter Hamp, uh, this person's uh, responsibility or obligation to go around outing people. But what I will say, though, you know, because I'm always, you know, looking at all sides uh, as a person who likes to call out other people's hypocrisy. I always want to make sure that my hypocrisy is under check or that I have considered all aspects of the situation. Uh Legionnaire, you and I particularly know that a lot of these kids are out here having sex, you know, unprotected, especially at these leather events. And they ain't always telling people what the what what is. And I know for a fact that, you know, several of our Onyx brothers who are positive, you know, are fucking around with these young kids and not, you know, always saying what they need to say before they have sex with these uh, with these kids. Now, what's different between what's happening with this blogger and this other person is that I don't have a personal relationship with either party. So, you know, I have been in more than one situation where I know the tender young thing or perhaps not so tender and not so young, but definitely impressionable person with whom this person is interacting. And, you know, I have struggled with what my obligation is to maintain the confidentiality of my Onyx brother who was HIV positive while Mm -hmm. still providing the other person with some information that he may need in order to protect himself. Yeah, we can say the onus is on the person to protect their health all you want to, but you also don't want to be the person who, uh, who, upon whom, whose shoulder this person is crying once he turns up positive and you had some information that you could have perhaps shared and he could have protected himself. Do you get what I'm going, where I'm going? Mm Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd be interested to know what you guys think. I, I, I mean, yes, I, I think I agree with. A, I'm, I'm aligned with a lot of what you're saying, because I think the thing that um, the, the thing that was difficult was was the um, the venom with which this whole thing seems to have. Um, unfolded you know it's one thing it's one thing to be in a situation where you know damn you should have told me or whatever you know but 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 then to put the person out on blast like that and it just creates this whole cascade of assumptions so now the story is that this person is running around affecting half of atlanta and that's not and and who knows if that is even the truth you know you you have one piece of the story and then some other queen will pick it up and carry it and then another queen will pick it pick it up and carry it and the next thing you know this person is patient zero for the explosion of hiv in atlanta you know so it's just it's just that kind of thing that makes it that makes this so heinous you know if you have a problem with how this person chose to expose to uh, um um uh let you know then work it out with that individual you know whether you agree or not because at the end of the day like john sebastian said the responsibility for you protecting yourself is yours so if you go into this thing um prepared to have unprotected sex then you know that's a choice that you decided to make you know 
before having the discussion with this person to say, you know, I'm positive or not. Because it's not as if you asked him and he said no. At least, right. at least, at least in terms of how I heard the story, right. when 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 asked or before sex happened, he divulged his he divulged his status. So at least there was some responsibility on this individual's part to let you know what was up before sex occurred. So, you know, okay. So then, then you have the you have the power now to make the informed decision of whether or not you want to have a sexual encounter with that person. So, the disclosure has to count for something, right? That's all. That that's that's all I'm feeling is that the disclosure has to count for something because it occurred before any physicality happened between the two of you. So whether for you it happened at the wrong time, it didn't happen soon enough, then fine. Then you go ahead and take the information that you have and then you move on to be with somebody who would have told you within the first five minutes of your date. Right. And it wasn't, it wasn't (laughs) the way that it was way that it was appeared to go for me because I couldn't get so involved because ultimately I don't really care what Mm -hmm. this kid thinks. The people that follow this person aren't people that I ultimately care about or whatever. Uh, it wasn't as if they were getting ready to have sex. He went into the bathroom and then discovered this. He happened to go in this person's um, bathroom. What he was doing in this person's medical medicine cabinet is, you know, that's another. That's a whole nother topic because I've been in plenty of hoes' house, and unless they tell me to go in the medicine cabinet, I'm not the kind of person that goes snooping in other person's medical medicine cabinet because that's just not the kind of bitch that I am but okay whatever maybe they hadn't even gotten to the point where they were going to do that so he doesn't I mean nothing had actually happened yet and I think you Mm -hmm. know what you had mentioned is what I ultimately ended up doing was without revealing any names I was like girl so you know we had this weekend right Mm. everybody everybody's fucking Mm. everybody's fucking Right, a lot of people are fucking raw. I know you like to fuck raw. Mm-hmm. Everybody that you gonna fuck this weekend ain't gonna tell you their status. That's what I'm gonna tell you. So if <laughs> something happened this weekend and you come up positive, don't say I didn't warn you. Right. Mm-hmm. But again, see, and I my position on this is I. It's not like this is not new this is not new to the community if you've been on you know it, and i always say anybody born after 1981 should not has no reason to come up exactly positive anybody who's been sexually active after 1981 should know what to do to, to protect yourself i just think that the fact that he's taking upon himself to put this information out online mm-hmm. and, and he not only put that out on he discloses person's name, address, and medical information. And you're right. So he, you know, he has basically made him the patient zero of Atlanta unnecessarily. And it is wrong. It is absolutely wrong. It is wrong. It's more, it's, you know, and, and I'm gonna play the moral card this time. It is morally wrong to put that person out there like that. Because now you know you he's exposed that child to danger. What happens if somebody, you know, some, somebody decides that they that, that anybody with you know, HIV 
needs to be eliminated and they go up and kill that person. Right. So, yeah, just the levels of foolishness and fuckery around this are just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I and, and people like me have to come behind and do the, the, the healing work for for people like this young man who, who now, you know, he's got this weight on his shoulders. You know, he comes into my office, I gotta talk him down off the ledge. Mm-hmm. That is that kind of thing. Or you some know, girl is gonna slash more than his face. Right. Right. You know, like I said, and the blogger, he obviously did not learn his lesson from that last ass whooping he took. Mm-mm. Well, you know what lesson he learned? Because he is much, you know, I saw, when I saw his picture, I was like, wow, he has put on a lot of muscle. So now I think he just can fight his way out of shit. But, you know, can't fight your way out of a gun, baby. I would say, bullet ain't got no name. You can't outrun bullet one. got no name. And, you know, you can't, you know... So one of these drag queens run up on you in the back and shank shank you in your neck. You'll you know all the muscles ain't gonna help but so much. But you know whatever. Mm-hmm. I just you know I I just know that I am praying for the young man whose life has now been turned upside down in the name of of, of spite. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, God. Well, with that extra story, we are a, a little short on time, but you know what that means? All we have time for is a special double feature <laughs> of God. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, first up on Master Queer Theater, yours truly shall play the part of Kirstie Alley as he spars with Twitter users after endorsing Trump. I shall play Ms. Kirstie Alley as a barmaid who has smoked unfiltered camels for the past 20 years. Oh my God. <laughs> Is everyone ready? Oh, ready? Yes. Me 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 me. Nang 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 nang. Fatche, fatche, fatche. Hello, boys. This is my formal endorsement of at Donald Trump and I'm a woman, last I checked. And Rudy, you are amazing. At Kirstie Alley. Add me to your list, boys. I endorse at real Donald Trump. Love at real Rudy Giuliani. And damn, bites rub up my soul. Hugs and kisses. At Kurt, wish I could be a road scholar like yourself. Well, maybe next election. At Kirstie Alley, I don't know what's an ass. What's with an asshead who calls himself a Christian slinging insults? Go figure. At Kirstie Alley, 
Now it's getting on wild around here. Carry on, then crawl back to your mom's basement. Your dinner's ready. At Kirstie Alley. Wink. Gotta love the freedom of views and right to choose in America. Got the same reactions when I voted Obama. Hugs, hugs, kiss. At Dina Don't Play MTG. Remember, kids, never forget who came out in support of fascism and who didn't. It matters. At Kirstie Alley. At Nina Don't Play MGG. I think what kids remember is the right to voice views and opinions without malice from others who have different views. <laughs> different views. At Pacey Alley. Thanks, Vicky. I always considered myself a dumb, cheap bimbo, so I appreciate your acknowledgement. At Casey Alley, I admire your smarm, so converted was almost stealth. Hugs, hugs, kiss, kiss. <laughs> and scene. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, my face Thank hurts. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God, I can't breathe. <laughs> breathe. B-R-E-V. B-R-E-V. -E -E. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Yeah. I didn't realize Harvey Firestein had gained so much weight. Mm. <laughs> That was shade. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> oh. oh okay. What what people what people do now for attention. Yeah. Right. I guess she ate Jenny Craig. Mm. Oh. Just ridiculous. Ooh. That was that was masterful, darling. Mm-hmm. But that, ladies and gentlemen, was just the opening act. Uh-oh. <laughs> Next up, we have one Ms. Azalea Banks going on a bizarre tweet storm about placing a witch's curse on Twitter's CEO. Starring our own John Sebastian as Ms. Azalea Banks. Sir, uh, the floor is yours. Thank you, and thank you. <clears throat> I am a little nervous this evening, mm -hmm. my role of Ms. Azalea Banks. Howsoever, I shall do my best to give the role the gravitas it deserves. And, uh, actual. 
Jack Dorsey asked me to tweet about his cash app in exchange. He was supposed to tweet about my mixtape. He never did. At Azalea Banks. Jack Dorsey asked me to tweet about his cash app and in exchange he was supposed to tweet about my mixtape. He never did. At Azalea Banks. I have three strands of a billionaire's hair. I should steal his luck. This gets better. At Azalea Banks. It depends on the witch's strength and rooting. Strong witches have no reason to hide. It gets better. Mm. This jar hat had milk, spit, anger, and the person's name on a piece of parchment paper nine times in pencil. At Azalea Banks. Out of four parts, two, two, Two fourths piss, one fourth milk, and one fourth angry fit. Azalea Banks. Like being suffocated like a snake. In the end, the girl who put out a hex on me helped me see myself. At Azalea Banks. I've never used period blood in spells. It's disgusting. I would never mix my own blood with the fate of another. So, uh... It's a standing ovation. (laughs) This bitch is crazy. Honey, you know how you read stuff and it's like, okay, you go and you don't read too far. I've never used I I've never used period blood in spells. It's disgusting. I was like, yeah, that is disgusting. And then you read why. I would never mix my own blood with the fate of another. So it's not that she's opposed to using period blood. It's that she doesn't want to use it in this kind of spell so that her fate is not intertwined with that of whomever she's putting the spell on. Right. See, she would put that in. She's the kind of girl who would put period blood and spaghetti sauce and feed it to a man. That's what she would do. Mm. That's the hell. Mm. And she has been hexed in the past. Let's not forget that. I mean, that explains a lot. Um, Yeah, I suppose it would. That that was just weird. Very. (laughs) That was was just that. That wasn't bizarre. That was bizarre. (laughs) Right. Bizarre. Oh. Mm. Well, oh, yeah. oh, oh, Azalea. All right, kids. Just uh, just more, more. Not less, not necessarily for discussion, but uh, just as an update. So you know that uh, Peter and Cynthia are getting a divorce on Real Housewives. Who didn't see that coming? Mm. Yes. Well, and Apollo Nida has been sent to maximum security for 18 months because he was he had a cell phone while he was in prison so I want to know who we were sexting mm. could it he be cert- I, know, I mean uh, see, he certainly wasn't he wasn't sexting Phaedra so I want to know what the dude's name was it was Walter see. Lee Hampton uh, see <laughs> <laughs> 
want Philippe Hampton want to contact me, he can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at Dom Onyx on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash uh, Dom Onyx. My tw- my Tumblr is thedomonyx.tumblr.com and my website is domonyx.com, bitch. Ooh, and let me say, if you want to come for him, good luck. He's got a squad, boo. <laughs> cause I will put it all on blast cause I don't give a fuck about you and you can't hurt me cause you probably don't have the money to come to DC to fuck with me oh Ooh, mercy mercy and mercy mm. Mm-hmm. Nice. so guess what kids <laughs> it's a wrap it's a wrap. Yes. That was fun. We had a good old time. We're a little bit over time, but uh, we still had fun. It was quite the kiki. Yes. You know what? We miss our boo, Carl. Carl is going to be back in May. You know, he he's getting his life together, together, opening up a new store in Las Vegas and, you know, handling his business and, you know, Meeting some cute Mexican boys while he out there, and you know, hopefully not gambling all his money away. Ooh, love you, Michigan. Yeah, Gert. Not like a fungus. <laughs> so you can catch <laughs> you can catch reality every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific, with replays on Saturdays and Sundays of 12 p.m. Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific. You can visit the Poppy Chulo Radio archives to download this episode and many more. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chulo Radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just first, just first, search for reality and subscribe. And if you do that, every time we have a new episode come out, girl, you will get a little notification and you will be ready to go. You can keep up with all of our shenanigans and everything like that. All right. I don't know why I'm talking in that voice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't either. For real, though. For real, though. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So, uh, John Sebastian... Yes. How can the kids get in contact with you? Well, they can get in contact with me at on the Facebook at unofficial colon John Sebastian or on the Twitter at GSJ612. And um, I'm looking at a picture of one old ugly drag queen right now. Y'all ought to get into it. It's looking like hot ass mess. That's all. Mm. At Legionnaire, how can the kids get in contact with you? Well, 
you know, they can be fan to me on the Facebook and and they can be fan to me. My name be Legionnaire Onyx. And if they on the Twitter and the Instagram, I'm at Legion Onyx. And for those people that be listening to, you know, all those other shows on Poppy Chulo Radio and things, you know, wow. I got I got some other shows that I be on. I be on Fear the Rambling Dead. I be on mm. the Lions Den. Mm. I be on I be on Gladiator Unite. And uh-huh. I also and I also be on Agents of Shield. So anytime you want to hear me catch any of those shows, and you can hear me talking. Oh my goodness. That is how hold on one second. You know, my weave is itching, and you know I'm too classy to scratch it, so I just pat it. Uh-huh. I know. Sorry. So you can like reality on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash PCR reality semicolon. Follow us on Twitter colon at PCR reality. You can support reality by going to gunfundme.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. You know, my cousin had me have, you know, be having, you know, gun go fund me. She had got all these people to get her money to go see Janet Jackson, right? And then that girl canceled her show. Girl. Uh, uh, Get your mm. money back. You know, you child you know and then my other cousin had started this GoFundMe, right because he needed new rims and shit you know i, I was like girl i support that foolishness mm. janet jackson tickets is one thing but you know you rims on your car they better get with it child. anyway you can email us Via, via, via reality at poppychuloradio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. And if you are interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor, you can email us via talent at poppychuloradio.com. Everybody say goodnight. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, y'all. My voice comes from this woman that I used to work with when I worked for Immigration and Customs Enforcement. This chick one day decided that her ponytail was itching her. (laughs) In a meeting with the senior executive and the head of the agency where she was supposed to be taking notes on behalf of our director, she just took the ponytail off and started scratching at the back of it. And then proceeded to, and then reattached it, of course, because that's what classy people do. Wow. This was also the classy woman who said that she was took she took her daughter to Red Lobster once a month so that she could teach her to be classy. And she said that without any irony or um, hilarity at all. (laughs) This was also the girl for whom my boss came up to me one day and said, I need you to listen to the outgoing message 
on um, the office's uh, voicemail, and you'll know what to do. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I called and I heard the following. Hello, you have reached the office of asset management. No one is available to take your call, but please leave your name, your number, and a brief message, and someone will return your call as soon as possible. I well, said, Leah, I know exactly what to do. <laughs> and mm. I re-recorded that message. Mm. <coughs> oh, my God. Wait a minute. A brief message. A brief mm. message. Right. Didn't you didn't know you didn't know no that was a two syllable word a barif no barif a barif b u r e e f don't get it twist a barif message woo well God bless it that was fun that was fun. Thanks for listening to Reality. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.